Yo, 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 you tuning in to the Notion Podcast. I'm your host, Dizzy D. Spill with my co-host in the building. Jelani Evans. How you doing today, bro? Uh, I'm maintaining. Maintaining? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, uh, I feel like that's all you can really do right about now. So I'm maintaining to the best of my ability. How you doing? Um, I'm doing good. There you go. I'm doing good. I mean, I could say the same. Maintaining, but I'm doing good. There's plenty to complain about, but there's plenty to be grateful for. So uh, I'm going to try to go the other direction and focus on uh, what I have. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, like I said, I'm trying to maintain what I have. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. appreciative, but you know. Yeah. Sheesh. Yeah. Um, I haven't asked in a while. Um, any things changing are going to be different with the brand moving forward um yeah i mean it'll be more of a, a on a personal hype and memory oriented way that i release things i'm kind of um, pulling back from the whole social media mm-hmm. campaigning mm-hmm. um due to the lack of exposure between the algorithm and how things are set up and not really being in control of that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. I've I've talked to you a lot about um email marketing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Being yeah. able to control how, what and when people get your things. Yeah. Um so everything will definitely be more email based, especially since like I think I've surpassed 100 subscribers now. Nice. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So now um, I'll be looking to focus my attention more on those who subscribe and, in a sense, support the brand on that scale. Okay. Instead of trying to pander to the masses. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty much it right now. I mean, I got some things in the works as far as drops coming up. Uh, But, yeah, I'm keeping all that kind of low-key. Yeah, for sure. I think that'll... um I think that'll drive uh, the outcome you're looking for in the future, you know, making it more exclusive and um, um, harder to have access to, because that's something that we kind of grew up off of. Um, not, ha- I mean, having a, um, a East Bay, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, everybody didn't have them. Everybody didn't have them. And then, you know what I'm saying? That was getting passed around from person to person. Like, man, I want to order. But there was only a few, only a few people had them. And only out of those few people, they were actually using them and ordering stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? It it really was like a kind of like a cult-like following fraternity type of scenario. And I think that's missing in, um, in, in, in retail. Well, you know, at this point, it seems like a lot of things, uh, especially in retail, are more accessible than they used to be. Mm Mm-hmm. And I feel like that has taken away from the allure, yeah, to a certain extent. Yeah. And so fast know. fashion and well, because I mean, yeah. like at this at this point, anybody can get anything if you're willing to spend the money for it. At yeah. first, things used to be exclusive to a certain demographic, or you know, like it just now it's just you can get whatever if you will. And sometimes even it won't even be authentic, but yeah. it's so accessible, you it's harder to tell. Yeah, and there's more of a um. I'll say this and then we can get into um there's more of a uh a cult like following with everything instead of things just being at one point certain things were just you had like high end 
And then you kind of had like the standard and then you kind of had low quality. But now, depending on what you label yourself as, then you just operate like that group of people instead of being an individual that just so happens to like that brand or that designer or, you know, the quality or the color scheme or pattern or whatever the case is. So... It, it, everything is all over the place. I mean, if you, I, the only example I could use, which a lot of people wouldn't understand, is like crypto. If you get it, if, for those that don't know about cryptocurrency, there's hundreds of coins. Oh my gosh! You know what I'm saying? And so, if you, when you look at crypto, with there being hundreds of coins, you have some people that are Bitcoin maxis. You have some people that are XRP maxis. You have some people that are XLM maxis, and the list goes on. And they are loyal to that coin. You know, and then you have some people that are just. I'm gonna buy all the coins. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting everything. I'm a funny. I'm a financier. Where's my champagne? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know that that that's kind of like what's happening throughout other uh, groups and, and and subjects as well. But um, diving into it, man, it's been some a very interesting conversations and news. The big man, Michael Orr. For those that don't know, that's who the movie The Blind Side was about, is going through some drama with the family um, that is portrayed in the movie that uh, allegedly, I say that with air quotes, adopted him. I wanted to know, before I say my piece, I wanted to know what was your take on everything that's going on? What What do you see with your own eyes as what you agree with or disagree with or what's stupid or, you know? You know, uh, you must see it in my face. I don't care. <laughs> I just don't care. Because at this point, it's just like, we were blindsided with the whole situation. It can't yeah. seem to come out of nowhere. And how old is he? 35 plus, something like yeah, that? He's, yeah, he's mid-30s. Bro, like, you're just now dealing with that situation? Like, and then why is it so public? Why is it being broadcast or publicized? Is it because he's coming out with a book, so he's trying to get publicity <laughs> and drive attention and energy for that? Not like, pulling a Scotty Pippen. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> what is it? Like, what's the point? Like, why does that have to be in the public eye? Why couldn't that be something that's handled quietly? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Then it's like, oh, he's trying to ask for it, demand a, a certain amount of money not to go public. Like, bro, like, now you're trying to blackmail. Like, it just, it just, it doesn't hold much weight for me. Just, whatever, bro. I remember I not too long the after the movie came out. I seen the movie. <laughs> uh, the movie came off, like, really sad, to be honest. Like, I don't know. If somebody did a Dizzy D Spill movie, the way they did a blind side, there's going to be some blind eyes um, because there's going to be a lot of black eyes and swollen eyes. And the reason why I say that is because when I seen the movie, the movie is like, it looks really sad. You know what I'm saying? And then not too long after the movie came out, he did speak out and say something. He said if he felt like it damaged his NFL career because the way they portrayed him in the movie was he was just this raw strength that really didn't have any football knowledge. And then here comes this family that's really in the sports and they're really a nice family. And they seen that he was going through all these different things and they kind of cleaned him up and took him in and showed him certain things and created highlight tapes for him. And like it, they, they really kind of portrayed it. Like they taught him how to play football. Like they groomed him for that. Yeah. And so he spoke out about it. And if you kind of, if you followed him a little bit, because I didn't know who he was until the movie came out either. Um, I still don't. He 
he was on. I think he was on that Ravens team that did end up winning um, that last Super Bowl. But he oh, kind of still playing. No. Okay. But around that time, I mean, you know, they won that Super Bowl years ago. But the thing is, is that it, almost around that time where the movie was still hot and they were doing parodies and all this stuff, he kind of started bouncing from team to team. So it's almost like, well, was something exposed about him or did people kind of like take credibility away? Like this dude didn't even, how do you end up in the NFL? So from my take around that time when he first spoke out about it, he said it did do some damage to his reputation as an NFL player. I mean, or he could have just been mediocre. Maybe so. I mean... I mean, regardless of, like, reputation, if you're talented and mm-hmm. you're a help and a benefit to the team, you don't just get pushed off. It doesn't happen like that. Yeah. If you're not helping the team and you're a hindrance, then guess what? You get traded, you get let go. You get Or released. politics. Or politics. He doesn't seem smart enough for politics. <laughs> but I mean, the politics <laughs> of the game where it's like, oh, we're going to put this person here. In the, you know what I mean? It's almost like a, a Antonio Brown can get a ton of chances, but a Jelani Evans or, a, you know, a Darian Cooper make those same mistakes. We're out of the league. You know what I'm saying? That's, some, that's that, But that also speaks that. to your talent. Yeah. Think about it. Like, if, all right, so if we're not as, as talented as a Antonio Brown, so we make the mistakes, I'm like, well, that's not. He only makes so many catches and gets so many touchdowns anyway. We can move on from him. But when you have, like, a generational talent in Antonio mm-hmm. Brown, you are willing to give him more chances due to the talent and what he can bring to a team. Maybe. Nah, that's what it is. He yeah. was a bum. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that was my take on um I, I don't I don't disagree with him doing something. If if somebody makes a if somebody makes finances off of my story and I don't receive a red cent about it, I want my bread. I don't care thing, what it is. But the thing is, I heard, I heard he, he he got his issue. And he's still receiving checks. And what, royalties? I don't, I don't know the specifics. Yeah, because see, that's, that could be a deception too. Like, for example, me and you do something, right? And the deal I have set up it's totally screwing you over financially. And then I come out and I say, look, you know, me and him go way back from the show and everything like that. He's just upset about a disagreement. He still gets paid because you hear a lot of people say that he still this person still gets paid. But if it, we're talking royalties, that fluctuates and that could be a very minimal amount. Say you're getting royalties, but I'm getting merchandise. I'm getting everything else I'm getting a larger percentage as far as an ownership and you know what what can be used for whatever content or whatever you're gonna look at it like well if we collaborated why am I only getting royalties and you are the foundation of the conversation to begin with he's in a conservatorship so that's his issue that's, that's, it's, it sounds like I would be getting screwed in that type of situation but I'm not in a conservatorship mm-hmm. so yeah it would be an issue mm-hmm. for somebody who's in a conservatorship like how much power say do you have yeah I mean and you're how old and you're still in this and you're you yeah. were allowed it for that long yeah. like it sounds like a lot of fault is on you and he's instead of taking accountability he's pointing fingers and trying to benefit off of his uh, mistakes I want the whole bag <laughs> and that should have been a focus beforehand. You know, yeah. it's after the fact and everything is done. Now you're like, wait a minute. I do a- believe people this the more time goes on, the more we we realize how people don't read the fine print. They're not reading the paperwork. 
Um, a lot of people just don't read. Yeah, and they, yeah, they don't read. And so then later on, you somebody tells you, "Hey, man, you know, whoop de whoop made one hundred and seventy five million off of that." What, man? They only gave me a mil. Oh, I'm, yo, where the mic at? Turn the camera off. We going live. What you do with that mil? <laughs> About a nine hundred thousand dollar car. <laughs> Can't afford more changes. That's wild. That's I wild. mean, a tire go flat. The car is just out of commission. The one thing I will say is. I mean, this isn't like a major box office record movie. You know what I'm saying? I don't think like 300 mil. The Blind Side. Yeah, it's not a major block blockbuster box office movie. I mean, like, what's the average gross for something to be deemed? These movies are hitting billions. Oh, okay. You know, like I said, I've never seen it. (laughs) I've never even wanted to like. Now, if now this is where it could be, like if the movie if the movie cost if the movie cost thirty mil to make and they made three hundred mil, that's a hell of a you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, you know, gross. But a lot of times the three hundred million can be a budget for a lot of movies these days. You know what I'm saying? Mm. That could be something. I mean, you gotta think some of these actors are getting what thirty mil a movie, forty mil a movie, twenty mil a movie. Should have become an actor. You know, (laughs) you know. So it's all in how you spend. I mean, that's that's still a lot of money, but you know, um, that's wild. I got I've been itching to, to speak on this this Krishan Rock, um, and it's not really just her. We already know what she. Well, a lot of people already know what she's about, but it was something that was disturbing to me. I you know she's been in the news all year. Okay, all all year, and um, my news. And there was something that she was, uh, she went to her childhood church and gave money back. And good for her. I had a frustration with how it was being advertised and marketed and how people were behind that whole act. And the reason why I wanted to bring it up is because we we get on this platform and we talk about a lot of things that we do wrong as a culture. Things that we need to get better with as a culture. And that's the direction I was going with it. First, I didn't understand why she was being celebrated for going to church. Because she's been seen in the public eye as a heathen. That's why. (laughs) Seen or being one? Both. Like, so maybe she's trying to turn her life around and get on the right track. Maybe she's trying to, you know, get it together. She's no longer dealing with the rapper, whoever that was. Yeah, she just had her sister beat up. Um, well, you know, <laughs> so she's still working on her. Apparently, is the process. You know, he's just don't become an angel overnight. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't take to the the response well of like oh you know she's always been spiritual she's always been this and been that first of all listen people when you guys see these entertainers or these popular people doing what they're doing on camera that does not determine how much you really know them or not you know what I'm saying so I thought that that was trash um of course a lot of these takes were from women saying um you know, saying, yeah, you know, it was a lot of, it just looked like church when I seen the replies. And I'm going to keep it real. The black church already has a bad reputation. That's you see true. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It already has a bad reputation. And 
for all these people that, you know, that were encouraging it, um, I kind of looked at it like trolling. Hmm. I took it as trolling. I mean, they probably were sincere. I say that with air quotes too, but it just come off as troll because the way that we can, the way that most people conduct themselves online in the comment section doesn't sound like people that are getting spiritual food on a daily basis. But because you see a post and you see somebody that's known as a celebrity doing something more positive than their average daily behaviors, we want to all of a sudden get spiritual. And I have a problem with that. I just, I do. If, if we're going to speak on how we don't support each other with businesses, how we hate on each other and how, you know, um, there's a whole bunch of clicks and stuff like that. If we're going to really try to clean up our act as a culture, just like the last episode, we were talking about coming together and stuff like that. We also got to call, we also got to call the BS out too. So that's what I just, I had to touch up on that, man. Well, I had to bring I that mean, up. <clears throat> I felt like it was campaign broadcasted or put out there because the church itself felt like it might be beneficial for them to showcase a celebrity. Mm-hmm. That's air quotes. Um, coming to the church and giving a guest that was a testimony and donating to the church I, depending on how you look at it I guess it could be seen as a positive uh, um, that's not how I looked at it but I'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> and I mean cause like honestly I couldn't get through her talking it was real cringe for me yeah Um. so I, I didn't I didn't watch it all in one sitting I didn't watch it all <laughs> <laughs> So there was that. Well, just because it was just like, there was no flow. You know what I'm saying? It seemed like it was all over the place a little bit. All over the place, kind of like forced. Like, it almost, in a sense, seemed like a public stunt. Yeah, that's how I felt. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, that's how I felt. Like, the energy behind it wasn't really all that sincere. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like, if you're looking to try to change the public opinion of you, or you know shift the focus mm-hmm. then you show up at a church and you get on the mic and then you give money it's like oh well you know she is really a good person and, you know she's always been spiritual she was just in a bad situation and just like a lot of comments you heard right mm-hmm. yeah i'm not going for it so i mean like it just it didn't seem authentic to me um not saying that it wasn't that's just how i perceived it mm-hmm. it didn't seem authentic and then for the church to kind of put it out there because I'm assuming that's where it came from yeah um it kind of seemed like a public stunt it just because I don't see why you would broadcast it or campaign it or put it out there like what what was the purpose of it what was it serving yeah um I don't know the verse but I know there is a part in the bible where it talks about when you do things like that in like I guess the public eye it's almost like praising yourself in the public eye it's so it's kind of frowned upon because it's not really about you being spiritual. It's about the attention you get displaying that you're spiritual. Mm-hmm. Um, for those that are more uh, in into their Bibles and knows that verse, you know what verse I'm talking about. Um, but it was it was cringe, but it was embarrassing because it's like once again here is another example. You know, of something about the culture that's really easy to be promoted and uh, perpetuated. And it just, yeah, it was, it was annoying to me, to be honest. It was very annoying. Um, 
the other thing too. We got it. I think I have it. Okay. I think it was Matthew six one through four. It says, "Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven." Oh, that's when you get to the needy. Sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Mm-hmm. That's uh, why. That's why I always had an uneasy feeling when I would see those videos. Remember that trend where that you know people be giving back to the homeless on camera? Yeah, that's that's I I could not I couldn't stand that, bro. Like you know it's it's crazy though because uh I actually had somebody kind of get on my helmet behind that, and I'm gonna tell you what I mean. So Whoa. I'm gonna, so you're aware that for um probably 2018 I think it was. I don't remember when I did the whole fashion show for the brand, but that year I had spent the last Sunday of every month going out feeding and clothing the homeless. Uh-huh. That was funded by Kicks and Sneakers. Uh-huh. I would go around, collect clothes, you feel me, and shoes and clean up and buy laces. And the last Sunday of the month, I would cook food, prepare, you know what I'm saying, care packages, and I would go out there. I was going downtown. Right. And I never... I never put it on social media. I never came campaigned about it. I never talked about it. It was all through word of mouth. Me uh-huh. actually talking to people, maneuvering, going out places, and you know what I'm saying, getting help and donations like that. Uh-huh. And I had somebody was like, "Bro, you could have did so much more if you put it on social media." I know that wasn't your energy behind it. I know you weren't trying to get praise, but that's the society that we live in. That if you would have put it on social media, you would have got more of a backing. You would have got more help. And I was just like, "But that wasn't the reason." I understand that, but you're not listening. That's the society that we live in, and it was mind blowing to me. Because, in a sense, he was right. Yeah. But because of the energy behind it, mm-hmm. I didn't want it to be on social media because it wasn't for um, applause. It wasn't for attention. It wasn't for praise. It was to be a help. Uh-huh. And so I just, I've never understood putting it on camera or being out there like that if you're doing it for genuine reasons. They say he will provide, right? Yeah. So then I shouldn't have to hop all over social media to get the things necessary to continue to be able to give. I 100% disagree with that individual because, yeah, they are right, but it's still no guarantee. This is also true. The algorithm says, oh, look, you're doing what everybody else is doing, but... They have more drama on their page than you do, so we're going to push you off to the side. Because we've also emulated a lot of things that other people do on social media that's went viral, and we don't see those numbers. You know what I mean? But I also I also understand where you're coming from from a moral standpoint and an integrity standpoint, because there are things, like with me being an artist, that I could do, that I could give the illusion of that I got it like that, that I'm made like that, or I'm, you know, like everybody else does, like most entertainers, right? Most people that everybody believes has money can wear all the fakest stuff in the world and nobody's going to question it, but they'll question me and you in a heartbeat. So we would be the ones that would have to go buy the real to look like we're really in that lane. The reason why as an artist, I never really gave, tried to give that illusion 
is because when the camera's off and I'm not doing any music and I'm just who I am, my government name, Darian, I know that's all fake. Yeah, we're not doing anything fake. I'm not in. I'm not in. You see what I'm saying? I, so just like that, right? If you were to go out there and, you know, you're on camera and then you go back and you play it back and you watch it, you know, you doing this and everybody's giving you praise for it. You know who you are. And it's like, damn, that's not even why I did it. You know what I'm saying? And now I got to now I have to play the part of what everybody perceives me as because that's where people a lot of people get caught up playing a character and then they get noticed for that character. And now they got to stay in character. Yeah, because if you don't, you get dragged for that. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So it's one of those things where it's like that's what I always looked at as um, um, selling your soul. You know, when you hear that in the industry, you know, there's apparently there's a group out there, but I don't look at it as just that group. If it exists, I look at it as in like selling your soul, like trading in who you really are to get something that's going to get you praised by everyone that doesn't give a shit about you, whether you're here or not. To me, that's selling your soul. So that's actually crazy. That, you lose yourself. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Absolutely. And we see it all the time. Mm-hmm. We see it all the time. People that went viral, people that are famous. Um, one minute they love you, one minute they hate you, and it's all over one decision or one piece of exposure or an alleged, you know what I'm saying, conversation. So that's yeah, that's crazy to me. That's yeah. crazy to me. That's insane. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, it is. Um, moving along, man. BET and the sale of BET. To uh, Tyler Perry is at a halt. Yeah. Um. Re- and I and I've read on it more since it's been on a halt because apparently uh, other people started throwing their hat in the race too. I think Byron Allen, I think Diddy, and it was interesting because the, you know with some of the articles that I looked at, they were talking about, oh wow, we didn't realize it was, oh we didn't know that it was worth this much. You know, we got to go rearrange the price. Do you think you can pay this price instead of this price? So that's part of the reason because it was, it looked like the the uh, transition was processing and then there was a hiccup. Well, um, from what I heard, I'm, I haven't done a whole lot of research regarding the situation but to my understanding they wanted three billion right i don't know if that was the initial price point uh-huh. I, like i don't i'm not sure but it's, it sounded like they wanted three billion and only one person approached them with that number right it sounded like tyler perry 50 and Shaq were only able to accumulate two billion Huh. And not the three, which is what it was at. And then huh. Byron Allen came with the three, and they said no because he doesn't have a consistent uh, <laughs> financial backing or whatever the case may be. <laughs> right? This is this is so. It. I mean, like, I don't know if the price changed, so I can't say for sure what it sounds like. Yeah, we want six. Is that they don't want anybody. Uh, with the hue of B to mm-hmm. own BET. Right. That's what it sounds like. That's what it sounds like. like. You know what I'm saying? That's how it's coming across. That's how it's playing out. Um, and I was, we didn't know it was worth this much. I don't think it is. No. 
I don't I, I don't think, think it is. I mean like you don't want to sell it to the person who basically is all you broadcast on the channel. Yeah. They got all of Tyler Perry's movies and shows on there. Yeah, like, everything. I don't know. It just it seems uh, sketchy. Black entertainment Tyler Perry is what <laughs> BT stands for. <laughs> um it just it seems sketchy to me. I don't understand what happened or why there was a uh, backpedaling. I I'll say this and I know that you because this is a fun this is probably the funnest part of the conversation to me as of right now um I've seen comments and maybe some of these people are small business owners or whatever the case is and it really good questions were, were repeatedly getting thrown out there it was the same question why not just start something else why not take your money and start something else? But before I before I get to that, I do think that you are right. I do agree with your point when you said, yeah, they don't want somebody of that hue back in charge of it because Byron Allen already owns one of the weather channels. So he's already in television of some sort. Tyler Perry has the experience. So it's just, again, when we talk about systematic oppression it's all these hurdles that have to be jumped over when other people don't have to jump those hurdles and don't necessarily have to have the dollar amount and loans or whatever it is to make it happen but that goes back to your question that you asked and i feel the same way about like jumping over these hurdles why even be in the race why don't you just go build your own thing tyler perry has his own studios Mm -hmm. already right Mm -hmm. at one point wasn't 50 cent and and supposed to be uh Building something yeah, yeah, like uh, with G Unit Studios or something, right? Mm-hmm. What happened to that? What happened to like everybody wants so badly to be a part of a system that wasn't meant for us instead of building your own? And I don't understand it just because it says BET doesn't mean, bro. I don't know too many B's that watch BET. <laughs> you, you understand what I'm saying and so I'm just not understanding why it is you're trying to be a part of that or take over that it's already lost it's allure or it's attention or it's traction with our culture for the most part like it's looked at as something of a joke because of what it is they air and how they try to pander to the cultures supposedly but not really I read Reginald Lewis's book one of the first black billionaires um, passed away in the 90s and he was a venture capitalist and it wasn't until I read that book um, titled Why Should White Guys Have All the Fun that Wait, titled what? Why Should All the White Guys Have All the Fun Oh, I like that and basically as (laughs) as a venture capitalist um, I understood why people want to buy businesses Instead of starting from the ground up. Um, one of those reasons is because operations is already set. Even if it, especially if it's a failing business, you already have most likely the brick and mortar location, the staff. You have the infrastructure. You have the infrastructure, trademarks, copyrights, everything. It's just transferring from one owner to another versus having to get you know, all these different licensing, LLCs, and all this other stuff instead of just acquiring it. Now, with that being said, I can understand that, but on the same breath, when you go through that process of acquiring and getting and 
you have a better understanding of everything. Absolutely. Correct? Instead Absolutely. of just taking something over and then possibly being blindsided by certain things that you hadn't acknowledged because you had just taken over something instead mm-hmm. of building something up when you know all the inner workings, what it took, what it takes, what was needed, and what you have to do to maintain and mm-hmm. even build that out more. Mm-hmm. So, it, I mean, like, I get it. Yeah, I'll take over this and that's cool, but there's a lot of... Uh, variables and questions when you're taking over something as opposed to building up your own and knowing the ins and outs and the inner working so uh. well I feel like depending on where you're at one will work for you or one won't so like people like me and you I think would in my opinion would do a better job at building from the ground up because we know the steps from a grassroots level all the way moving up to the top somebody that's already established that already has a workload like Tyler Perry he's he still writes everything he's you know he has the the studio he owns all that he might need to acquire something and like all right I'm gonna just put this person in charge because I trust them kind of like Jay-Z with title and things like that I think once you're already up there it might be better but if you realize that you're having a hard time getting a seat at the table then you're going to have to take a break. You're going to have to appoint somebody to take care of affairs that you've been taking care of and operations on a daily basis and say, all right, who do I sit down with so we can make this happen for us? Yeah, and Build your own table. Yeah, and then we don't, and, and I'm not really knowledgeable of how, of how television works where if you want to start a channel, what obstacles you have to go through with that versus already buying something where you don't have to go through that door. So I don't know, kind of like an NFL team, right? If you're a billionaire, you would think that, hey, all right, they're selling uh, they're selling the, the Washington Commanders. I'm going to buy that. No, the teams have to approve it. All the other owners have to approve that you can buy that team. But I have the money. Yep, we still have to approve it. Oh, I'll just make my own team. Well, we have to wait and see when the next time there's going to be an expansion for a team. (laughs) It's that drama. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, for me, I think that TV is cool, but it's getting phased out. Yeah, 100%. So it's like, maybe digital content, maybe digital streaming services, like a group that I'm very disappointed in, Zeus Network, that's black owned, but it's terrible as far as content it's all reality tv so my thing is it it, do that go get a network where you have your own streaming services and then throw all that stuff in there yeah take over tubi yeah well (laughs) i I wouldn't say tubi (laughs) to be continued um what what i would say is Tyler Perry, I felt like, had a lot of leverage where it's like, okay, if you're not going to sell it to me and I'm going to go through all this drama, then I'm pulling all of my shows after the contract's up and I'm just going to start my own app, which he probably might do. He probably might have, you know, the Tyler Perry streaming services where he can connect with everybody because I think cable's getting phased out. It depends on how you look at it because it's like a lot of uh, certain streaming apps are... In a sense, I guess you could say dependent on cable. If you look at a YouTube TV, if you look at a Sling, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Those type of platforms that they basically um, use those channels that are provided by cable to, yeah, they have special shows and things that you can kind of click on and mm-hmm. deal with, but it's pretty much based on, like, I watch YouTube TV, bro. I'm still getting commercials. I'm still yeah. getting, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
But you national ain't paying that cable price though. Yeah, no, nah, not at yeah. all. National Geographic. Um, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like ESPN, I'm watching these shows that I yeah. enjoy in there, but I'm still getting the commercials. It's like watching cable. I scroll through the channels. And yeah. Same thing with Sling. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it depends on how you look at it. Um, it's not, it's getting phased out as far as in the cable original, providers. Original way it was yeah. set up. Yeah. You know what True. I'm saying? Not everybody has a cable box anymore. Now people have Roku boxes. Yeah. Or you have a smart TV where all the apps are built into it. So that as well. Yeah, but I I don't think there was really an L there not getting, like I said, not getting BET because I don't ever watch it. I mean, I watched it all the time as a kid. But yeah, I don't that's when it ever watch it. Like, there's no comic view. There's no music videos anymore. There's no great shows. It's almost like how there's no music on MTV. No. Or VH1, any any of those platforms. But the thing about it is, like that that specifically is called music television, and there's no music <laughs> on the television if you're watching that channel. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Right, right. And then it's like, okay, it's called BET. What does that stand for? Black Entertainment Television. But how many blacks are being entertained by what it is they put on television? Y'all show Baby Boy every day, every other day. Like nobody wants the to worst see. version of Baby Boy you too. You know what I'm saying? Like, like everything that's funny is basically cut out. It's like, bro, it's like showing Juice and Tupac saying Riverside mother sucker, and you like, you know what? <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna read a book. I, I know don't... for a fact Pac didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying It's just like Why does voice change it's, Yeah It just doesn't add up it's We need just to not... speed up The voice actors That are doing the voiceovers That's what we need We start there I mean If that's how you feel Yeah we up. need a protest <laughs> <laughs> Some of y'all Don't need to get paid That's protest Just throw that out there <clears throat> Shout out though um, Do you brother Yeah I, I, I do think that We live in a time period Where we can't be Trying to get a seat At a table That Ain't offering you a meal. Not even that, but just the food ain't even good over there. There's no seasoning in it. There you go. Okay, like instead of trying to get a seat at the table, let's like let's go do something else. Get get in a different a different area. Like that's something we've always been as a culture really good at creating. But for some reason the creation process gets um slowed down because I I deserve that. I want to be. It, it, there's so, we have this complex of being accepted by those that don't care about us. As a culture, I mean, yeah. As a culture, I mean, I wish I could go back in time in my youth and do some things differently because we've talked about the algorithm and and how that affects us as far as businessmen. To Oh man, man, maybe I should have started an app that was dedicated to this. And I'm and don't get me wrong, there's probably people out there that do have apps that are trying to rival what's going on. But, you know, those people are probably they don't have the resources. They don't have the exposure. They don't have the massive support in groups. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean like, you know, a, a lot of the time, like you know, I said, why they don't just go somewhere else or try to there's hurdles in that. Yeah. There's a lot of complications and possibly there's uphill battles and pushback that they wouldn't have to deal with if they were able to just acquire something. Like yeah. you said, I get it. I get it, but in some instances, you should rather go through the hurdles and the uphill battle to be in a position to have complete control. It's almost like you got to sacrifice what you want to do for what needs to be done. Like, for example, you know, we've we've heard about it all the time where it's like, yeah, you know, I was really having a hard time 
getting into this this club. And so instead of trying to be a member, I had to create another club, which didn't allow me to be a member of anything anymore. My job was to just run the club so people didn't go through what I went through. So it's almost like maybe that needs to happen. Maybe there needs to be more of us in these networking positions and in these tech positions to be able to create platforms where we can get in the door without having to jump a whole bunch of hurdles. Nobody wants to be first anymore, though. They just want to be next. Yeah. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Did y'all catch that? That was nice, huh? <laughs> My man threw a oop to himself. Slam dunk contest. Yeah, man. <laughs> that's how you got to do it sometimes. Nah, but you're right. I mean, that's what I would say in today's time. That's what the um, call to action should be. You're just going to have to get together with a group of like-minded individuals and create a what table that you want yeah create what you want and um and, and and there is we talk about that uphill battle almost every week so just understand there's going to be an uphill battle with trying to find like-minded individuals that's probably going to be the hardest part you know because once you have the like-minded individuals then everybody can play a position but yeah finding those people they're out there oh yeah they're I'm just hard to find they're hard to find, man. It's like it's like searching for fossils. <laughs> it's difficult, man. Um, My man said you gotta excavate. Yeah, your partners. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you definitely do, man. I mean, hey, I, I ain't gonna sugarcoat it. If y'all don't know, pick up a dictionary. I can't be explaining everything. Yeah, I could just see. I could just see the live chat now. Just what evacuate? What that means? Leave. <laughs> And, and if you misinterpreted that, maybe you should. You should leave. <laughs> God, look, Yo, for real. Um, Meaning computers and y'all dumb as ever. Yep. Not yep. our listeners. I'm just saying. Yeah, nah, y'all cool. Just the, the, maybe the person you brought with you. Those, check, ran, yeah. those randoms who tune in, like, huh? What? <laughs> You're new here, huh? Okay. We use big words. Um, <laughs> use big words or not or, or, or words that are not used often so just just bring you know just bring your dictionary like like you would bring your bible to church oh your thesaurus whatever oh man a thesaurus though what, dinosaurs yeah, I thought they see, were talking about see you're confusing them even more <laughs> those are extinct sir <laughs> I watch all the Jurassic Parks oh gosh <laughs> it's rough out here being smart <laughs> Yo, um, Sheesh. the uh, uh, the Black Republican Larry Elder. Um, I tuned into the Breakfast Club interview he did. Yeah, pass. You can talk about that yourself. <laughs> I don't like him, bro. I I do not like. I'm him. trying to figure out who does. It's not. No, I shouldn't. Let me phrase that differently. No, don't. I'm trying to figure out who does that looks like us. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how he got on a, who he he had to pay to be on a breakfast club. He had to actually bring breakfast to be on the bre- like. There's no way, bro. How did that? How did that happen? Um. Yeah, I think I do think some people got to pay their way. I mean, you know what I did learn about paying your way for stuff. Just a sidebar. I didn't realize that a lot of these celebrities, or I think most of them, pay for their star on the Walk of Fame. Really? Yeah, I think it's like 75 bands. Yeah, you go ahead and get that to me or keep it. I was like, what? I'm not paying, no. A lot of these folks are paying for, yeah, I was like, what? Now I got to look it up and see who paid. 
Cause I, you know, what? Yo, if I see a kicks and sneaker star, <laughs> we made it. <laughs> every, it's not even gonna be the star. It's gonna be the logo. Yeah. And every, every picture that I have on uh, any platform. Like, it's not going to be a picture of me anymore. It's going to be the brand inside a star. Just You better believe it. Now, that guy... Um, Bio, price is going up. So. Already going up as we speak about it. That <laughs> guy... the numbers. That guy... Um, I, think he, I think he's an important person to pay attention Ignore? to. Oh, okay, sure. He's a, pay, he's a person to pay attention to, to understand how damaging some of these individuals are I just believe that any person of our hue that intentionally disagrees with every single argument or every single statement that we bring up as a culture and what our plight is 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 dangerous to the culture and you know what <laughs> I mean every talking point it seems like he's it when the interview started, it seemed like he was making some good points with the numbers. And yeah, he had that hook. About. Yeah, he had that right. hook to hook you in, for sure. But when the sister asked him, because the thing about it, not even not even that, when, when Charlemagne was like, because he was like, black this, black this, black that, Charlemagne was like, well, what have white people done wrong? And when he said, I'm focused on us, I'm not focused on the white people, I was just like, yeah, you lost me. Because... From a standpoint of systemic racism, right? You can't just focus on us without focusing on the other aspects of how it's in place. Because it's not our fault that uh-huh. it's in place. It wasn't our doing. Uh-huh. It's just like when when the sister was like, so you're talking about the system. All right, let's, all right, let's take racism out of it. Let's just talk about the system. Yeah, she made a place, really good point with right? that. Who's in charge of the system? Well, you know, there were a lot of black Democrats. No, 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 no. It's not yeah, what I he wouldn't he answer the would, question. He wouldn't answer, he would answer the, the question. question. Yeah. She was like, well, who was such and such that you're speaking on? Well, I mean, you know, if we have to get down to that, he was white. Okay, so that means that white people are in charge of the system that is basically oppressing us as a culture, as a race, mm-hmm. right? And for him to say that there was no systemic racism, I'm like, bro, so we're going to ignore the education, the employment, mm-hmm. the wealth distribution, housing, mm-hmm. health. Right. Like, I could keep going, but I shouldn't have to because it's it's obvious. Right. The system that in place was not put in place for us or with us in mind, and it hasn't benefited us ever. Ever. Right? And all it has done was create larger and larger gaps as far as, like I said, wealth, education, employment, health. Mm-hmm. Right? To the point of, if this was a race, we were handicapped before the race even started. Right. And because of that, it just seemed to have kept getting bigger as far as the gap in between where white people are in this country and where black people are in this country. Mm-hmm. They have been able to establish wealth. That means generation after generation mm-hmm. after generation. We have a few rich black people, couple mm-hmm. wealthy, and but it's not generational across the board. Yeah. Where not, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, yep. it's, there's such a undeniable gap that you can't ignore it 
or disregard it. Like, well, I'm just focused on the blacks and we haven't done this and the numbers say this and the numbers say that without actually talking about what caused these numbers to be the way that they are. Yeah. Like, bro, that's why they call you the black face of white supremacy. Because look at you. Yeah. What? Yeah. You can't be serious. Yeah. You can't be serious. So it, it was, I didn't get through the whole interview because I couldn't sit I didn't there. Didn't expect you to. I couldn't, a, yeah. I couldn't sit there and listen to the coonery that was going on. Yeah. I, I couldn't do it. Right. It's just like, okay. So he must think we're stupid. All right. I definitely think that sometimes when people that are in a political race pull up to the breakfast club, that they think that the listeners um, are ignorant and are not intelligent because one of the things that I noticed that really stood out to me in his interview is that he left a whole bunch of cliffhanger points. He didn't land his plane and say, bam. And that's why it was more so like a rebuttal to something. And then that's where the conversation would end. Or speaking around. Yeah. Or he did that the whole entire yeah, he, interview. Like he did not, he didn't admit to anything. He didn't agree with a whole lot. And I'll give like, when I say he left a whole bunch of cliffhangers, for example, when they started talking about like the black civilizations, like the black wall streets, he made a point that was interesting, but he didn't go beyond that. He said, yeah, yeah, it was burned down. But then over five years with black money, it was rebuilt. Then why don't blacks still own that town? Why don't blacks still operate like they were over a hundred years ago? You're just saying a whole lot of, a gibberish if we had all of these things back in this time period why don't we have them now and how could you say it's a hundred percent our fault i'll give you a, a great example 2008 with the housing crisis right so that was the homeowner's faults or was that the bank's faults and who owns the banks well there you go you see what i'm saying so Leroy don't um own no First no National. no ain't no leroy bank you know, ain't no, ain't no, um, it ain't no Jaquan uh, finances. We don't own any of these things. And so, and even when people, when people talk about like racism and, and, and goes back to using words out of context, racism and prejudice, racist prejudice. Those are two different definitions. And people need to understand when it comes to people well, are you guys listening? Racist racism is when you are in control of something and you are oppressing a specific group because you are in a position of power. Stop calling people racist that are not in position of power. That's prejudice. <laughs> okay. Facts. That's what prejudice means. Prejudge. Okay. Gotta get to the root word. Right. So it's like, stop that. So when you hear people of our hue talk about oppression and racism, is what position of power are we in that oppress other nationalities, races, and cultures? And if you look at anything that African Americans have started, we've included other cultures. Which has been part of our downfall. Yes, it's been the biggest part of our downfall. You see what I'm saying? So just throwing that out there. So, you know, for the definitions and I'm ready for that argument in the comments if y'all want to do that. If I got time that day. But 
I got time. <laughs> Tag me. <laughs> I'll be there. And bring your thesaurus racks with you. Um, <laughs> Yo. <laughs> but yeah, um, I just wanted to point out with the with the Larry Elder dude is that I noticed something. I I do not claim any party when it comes to politics. Um, left wing, right wing, it's the same bird, regardless. But dropping shit. I do know that with a lot of Republicans, and a, especially a lot of Black Republicans, my biggest issue with Black Republicans is how they're more loyal to the party than anything else. Because you don't really hear Republicans, especially black Republicans like him, say anything negative about anybody in their party. Even when they were talking to him about Donald Trump, he I didn't have a problem with him. Like, bro, how can we believe you if you don't believe that anybody in your party makes mistakes or has made the wrong judgment call? But how do you think they you got invited to the party? Oh, there you go. Duh. We know we 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 know they're not gonna say anything to compromise their position. So yeah, did you get far enough to where he had a disagreement about reparations and what his logic was behind that? No, sir. Okay, great. Because I would like to talk about this real quick. When the conversation was brought up about reparations, his excuse, deflecting like he was doing the whole time, was, well, there was um, uh, Middle Eastern or Arab people that um, had slaves in other countries in Africa that had slaves. So why are we not going for the reparations over there? And then the sister chimed in and said, so would you agree that if we went and got reparations from these other countries that America should do the same? He said no. And. He, they were kind of like, wait, no. They like kind of laughed at him. And he said, here's the thing. Slavery was legal at that time. So to go back and say that there needs to be reparations and this, that, and your, it, it was wrong. It was bad. But it was legal at that time. Okay, so Larry Elder, Dr. Dumbass, let me explain to you another part of reparations that you're leaving out because you're misleading a lot of black people again. There were things that we were supposed to get after slavery that we either didn't get or some of the black people that did get it, it was taken away from them like their 40 acres and their mule. That's part of reparations. There were things that were owed to us that were in place and when a certain president was assassinated, the other president came behind him and reversed it, which means people that were getting it, people that did have their land and did have their 40 acres and, you know, have their 40 acres and mule, got their stuff taken. There were things called the black codes where you weren't allowed to quit a job if you were black until they found your replacement. Or if you were caught without a job, you could be jailed for it. That's not okay. Regardless if it's legal, there were things that were done to women as far as the law was concerned. That was legal. That does not make it okay. That's why it's not okay anymore. So when we talk about what was legal, what reparations, that's the, when I say the cliff that he was leaving things on, he leaves it right there as if that's where the story ended. And that, you know, the, yeah, that's, that's just the way it was. That's why I can't stand the dude. 
That's why I can't stand him. Because he's banking on people being misinformed or not doing their research. Right. And I just said details that have a whole lot more details to it. Oh, no. Yeah. That's that stuff. Summarizing. You know, it runs very deep. So, and, 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 and the other dangerous thing that he's doing is that the people that don't look like us that feel that way, you just empowered them even more because look, even this black man is saying this. Even this black man agrees with this. What do you guys have to say about that? Mm, blackish. <laughs> Stained. <laughs> like mm, uh, stayed. I mean, he's probably a brother because he has sisters, but he ain't a brother. Check it out, folks. Um, <laughs> um, he permed his hairline. That, nah, no, black people don't do that. <laughs> Yo, you black now? You getting bagged all? Um, <laughs> black now? You was getting bagged all, man. You get bagged up. I'm just saying, bro. It just, it was really hard to watch because he was playing on, or he was hoping to be playing on the ignorance, lack of information, and those who are misinformed yeah. of our hue. Like, that's what yeah. he was, it seemed like that's what he was begging. Like, oh, yeah, I'm finna go on this whole little, little rap platform and I'm finna, I'm finna finesse these people. It's like, nah. No, you're not. Yeah, it's not no, working. You're, no, you're not. And nah. I'm so glad that um, they were asking challenging questions and trying to get him to actually be specific with his answers instead of just running circles. Uh-huh. Because he was doing this. He had attractions on when he came to the interview. He's actually really bad at it because I've seen. And this I didn't is, say it was good. Well, I want to explain how bad he is at it because we've seen some people that are not of our hue when talking to us sell us some BS better than he did. We're just like, whoo, that was a good answer. We still know what you about. But he just was not like, he was not good at it at all. He just... <laughs> like I said, he wasn't a brother because there was no finesse. None. Not not at all. Like at one point, he just, he sounded like a statue. He was just like, he had the numbers memorized because that was like, that was like the basis yeah, everything was like either 1960 or 1990. And the percentage of, yeah. and you see what I'm saying? I'm like, what about today's percentage, dog? Why are you going yeah. off of the 90s? Like, all those people are adults now. Like, pissed. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> you infuriate them. They have an old memory. Like, you know what? Yeah, that's, that was some bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Traumatizing times. Right. Um, I will, I will close like this guy. I will close with this. Um, he was really adamant. He talked about the fathers not being in the house and all this other stuff. Like, that's the only problem. Just bring the dads back and everything's all good. You know, so good luck to you, Nick Fury. Um, the point that I wanted to make when he was talking about all of these different issues and he was really adamant on driving his point about working hard discouraging people that work hard to work even harder when they don't get certain opportunities, mainly talking about black people. So my question to him, whether he sees it or not, or somebody relays the message to him, when you lose running for president, 
will it be because you didn't work hard enough? Because you're going to lose. You stand no chance. You're, you have no finesse. As bad as you guys want to talk about Barack Obama, he got it done. And, he, and, and apparently to him and a lot of other black people, Barack did a ter- terrible job. I don't feel that way. But when you lose, because he did win twice. So when you lose, will it be because Obama worked harder than you? Because you're going to lose. Nobody, you're not, you're, you don't stand a chance against people that don't look like you, by the way. So when you lose, will it be because you didn't work hard enough? That's my question to uh, Larry Older. Um, <laughs> moving on. Um, Loser. <laughs> All right, he, he gets a... Uh, Moving on to um, black entertainers real quick. This has been something kind of kind of basically uh, on the tail end of the past couple conversations we've been having, like with, you know, group economics and all this drama with BET, whatever. Black entertainers not going to um, black media outlets to do their interviews, which black entertainers. Um, there's the populars like Drake and, um, the Meg the Stallions. But I mean, just over a course of time, since there's been more black media, and I'm not talking about the ratchet stuff. I'm talking about like platforms that pretty much I would think would carry themselves decent. Um, there's podcasts coming out and stuff like that. Not going to those, um, folks for exclusives or you know big headlining interviews a lot of times they'll go to you know the other ones and I just brought that up because we are at a time where there's so much media and there's a lot of negative media out there but there for the most part I do see some positive ones where it's like yo that's not a bad platform to interview and that just for me I think those platforms are important because it helps us control our narratives when things are being put out there i mean i guess it depends on what artists we're talking about honestly yeah so like like, drake never does it it depends Um, on how you look at it um i mean is rap radar not a platform for the culture yeah it's it's the demographic is the culture I'd say that. So, I mean, like, the thing about it is, like, I don't see him doing a lot of interviews anyway. But mm-hmm. the thing about it is, like, he's not so much a... He's not a... Bro, he's a... He's a worldwide entertainer. He's yeah. not just a black entertainer. So superstar, right? right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And on top of that, like, he he's doing interviews where he can, in a sense, gain exposure to certain demographics or to a certain variety of individuals who might not be extremely familiar with him or looking to expand more on what it is he already does. I mean, Mm -hmm. like, at the end of the day, how many... I don't know any other way to say How many black Drake fans do you know? Real fans. Outside of women? Oh. Like, when was the last time I hit you and I was like, bro, I know you heard that new Drake album. Never. I don't think any of y'all have ever hit me up and been like, yo, that Drake album go crazy. So it's like, first of all, he's not pandering to the 
black culture, I guess you can say. He's benefiting off of it, though. Well, anybody who raps does. Some terrible rappers out there. And they're benefiting, (laughs) right? Because, like, predominantly, rap is considered a black thing, right? Right? Yeah. All right. So because of that, we are expecting them to operate or act a certain way. I would I would say this I would say if you benefit off of the culture you use your racial affiliation with the culture then if you really be if you're really going to be about it be about it um I don't think that it's owed it's not you know what I'm saying? And then on top of that, like, let's be honest. All right, there might be a few platforms that are cool, but how many of them are, like, messy or just kind of, like, uh, they muddle in the BS and the drama of the, you know what I'm saying, of the culture? There are a lot, but there are a lot that don't. And part of the reason why the ones that don't get the exposure is because they don't meddle in the drama. But if you take big names that understand that, and they go there, then maybe those platforms that are not about the drama can elevate. True. And I think that, I think that was the, the uh, initial point that I was going to cascade to. I don't really think they care to elevate platforms. That's the problem. They're looking to elevate exposure. Well, I mean like being a rapper and being an entertainer is more self-serving than anything. Yeah. You're out there for the people, but it's also about me operating and having my brand come across a certain way and expanding on that and operating in places where I feel it will be received a certain way and help me to continue to be on the ascension, right? Yeah, maybe so. But here's the thing. When when entertainers, because you have a lot, you know, you got the strike going on right now. But when you when when you look at entertainers as a whole and they're striking, they're not being paid right, they're not being treated right, and now another movement is created. You have to understand as an entertainer that your choices that you make on the way up is going to have an effect on your outcomes if you take a tumble down. Dame Dash is a great example of that. Dame Dash went to war spitting faces rabbit punched people for Jay-Z when Jay-Z got to a certain point and he did not want to operate his business the way he seen Rockefeller being operated it caused a division where people are going to want to work with Jay-Z because of maybe past encounters with Dame Dash so then when you try to do business collaborations and partnerships and things of that nature with some of these people that can help you get back to where you were. Well, now you got to remember all the rabbit punching and the spitting in the face. And what I'm talking about making this example is kind of like Meg the stallion. She, you know, after the, everything with the Tory Lane, she agreed to do an exclusive interview with a platform that was non black, but her whole campaign Let's protect black women. Protect well, black women. Well, Not protect a, women. But 
Oh, she did that pandering because it was a movement, and she was pandering to build strength and momentum for her case and right. a favorable outcome. Right. So she pandered to black women and hopped on that movement, and they jumped behind her because they could relate to a certain extent. Right. So she she um kind of manipulated the movement for a favorable outcome and to paint her in a certain light. That doesn't mean that she was in allegiance, alliance, or really about that past that point. Mm-hmm. And there were probably, I'm not probably, I'm sure there were a lot of women who jumped on the Protect Black Women movement behind Meg Stallion more because of the movement who had never heard or supported her music. Mm. Right? Right. Again, that was her pandering. Right? That right. was her taking a situation and flipping it to make it work for her and what she had going on. Now to paint herself in a different light to gain exposure or to have it output a certain way, she went to a different platform that was perceived differently that had a certain type of reach, mm-hmm. a certain demographic, and did it there so that it can be put out a certain way. Yeah. Well. Her it- focus, again... As an artist, her focus was more on her brand and how she was being perceived instead of aligning with where her support had been. Mm. So maybe what needs to happen is maybe some of these platforms and some of these individuals need to start focusing elsewhere. Well, I mean, if you focus just on the news and stop trying to be so supportive of individuals that before him may have not ever shown you support uh-huh. interest or energy and that's the thing like you have to be you stop being biased due to the hue of an entertainer skin in yeah. a lot of senses right yeah because that's what gets you caught up because you feel like there's some type of connection and there's some type of alliance or allegiance and then you turn around and find out oh they're not rocking with me like that so the energy isn't being reciprocated oh you thought it was why? Because we're of the same hue. That's crazy. It should be, right? Yeah, it should be. But that's not how a lot of individuals, especially those in entertainment, operate. Yeah. Yeah, we have to um we have to eliminate the click mindset. Yeah. Because a lot of these people are clicked up with their brand and money, mm-hmm. not with the people. Yeah, culture over clicks. Like people even, there's a certain disconnect between entertainers and the people who support them. Mm. You support well. them and you feel some type of way about them because they rap about things that make you feel some type of way. When in a lot of instances, they're not even living like that. These are just lyrics. This is just a song that you have emotion and feeling behind because you can relate to it. Now you feel like you can relate to the artist when in actuality, y'all in two different boats. Yeah, absolutely. You in a boat, they in a yacht. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. You understand what I'm saying? They're so really, like... Really at the beach, they ain't even in a boat. Man, look. Paddle boarding. <laughs> All right. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. I do. What I do like about these examples um, of how media or, or entertainers operate is that on a smaller level, on a local level, when you're looking at small business owners like ourselves, local artists like myself and others that I know, is that when you see people that are only aligned for self gain rather than um, the big picture, the potential, you want to stay clear of that. Be- you want to stay clear of that. 
it's even crazy because it just came to mind. Like, what if them dealing with one of these, you know, saying smaller platforms or, you know, black platforms or platforms for the culture could deter partnerships, interviews, or interactions later on down the line because of who they decided to deal with. Uh-huh. So in order to keep things open, to be able to make sure that you have a certain access, a certain reach, you do things with specific platforms that will help to improve uh-huh. on those opportunities. Right. Like, it's, it's, it's more strategic when you're in the entertainment business and people really think. Yeah, your publicist is going out there trying to, you know... Um, they're trying to uh, get to a platform that's going to help you get a certain image that you guys are going for. But if those platforms are like, nah, nah, we don't, we only interview these type or we only do this. Now it, it really forces people's hands. It changes the dynamic. It changes the culture and how everybody operates. But, you 100%. know, that's where the accountability comes in to want to say, you know what, I'm about to take a stand. You and that, you and that A word. <laughs> accountability. Yeah, that's right. That raises blood pressure Whoa. in this day and age, doesn't it? Whoa. That accountability. Chill. <laughs> Having a nice conversation. Here you go. Here you go. You were talking about accountability. <laughs> right. Huh? Yeah. Calm down. Let's I know that word. Stop it. Accountability. I got. I don't worry about that till the next God, paycheck. Leave. Four syllables. Not accounting people accountability. Four syllable words and stuff. <laughs> yeah. You, you wildin'. <laughs> you wildin'. But yeah, man, we're gonna go ahead. We're gonna get out of there. We just had to drop some uh some information on your mind about some things. So we're gonna get out of there. But thank you for tuning in. Thank you for the people that's been supporting and subscribing for real. This is a platform that operates differently than many others. And so we definitely want to take the time to say we appreciate those who've been there and who do give us feedback and who do leave comments. But you already know what to do. Like, subscribe, follow all the pages. If you disagree with certain talking points, you know where to meet us at in the at, comment section. At me, mention me. Yeah, yeah, he's he's with the smoke. I'm with it too. Um, but until next time, like I said, this is your boy Dizzy D Spill. You've been tuning into the Notion Podcast with my co-hosts in the building, Jelani Evans. Until next time, peace.